Welcome, listeners, to a night of mystery, suspense, sci-fi, and romance. This is the Two-Timer Series Collective, a collection created by D.B. Watson, writer of the Two-Timer Series, available on Amazon and Kindle Villa. In this program, you will hear a different tale once a week, read by me, A.J. Carter. If you enjoy any of these stories, please leave a like and a comment. If you'd like a story and want to read more, leave a comment and DB might grant your wish. They would love to hear from you. You can email them at fakesubmite at gmail.com or visit their website and see all their titles. Fault, a short story from the two-timer series. Tina Murphy hastily rushed about the small apartment packing. People were coming to remove the furniture, so all she needed to do was pack everything else. She threw and shoved kitchen items, clothes, and linens into cardboard boxes and large black trash bags, except for one backpack with an image of a popular cartoon. It sat on the cot beside a young boy, no more than six years old, who sat beside it, hunching with his hands folded in his lap. Devin, is everything you want in your bag? Tina asked, not glancing at him while she tied off a bag with a zip tie. Devin didn't respond as he continued to stare at Tina, rushing about. He knew even if she did answer her, she wasn't listening, so he remained quiet. Tina moved about the room, looking for anything she might have missed when she caught sight of a small race car in the corner. She released a deep, stressed sigh before snatching the car off the floor. She turned to Devin, who sat up. How many times did I tell you not to leave your toys on the floor? She asked, holding the toy out to him. Devin recognized the car he had found abandoned outside amongst overgrowth. He also remembered Tina berating him for going outside alone and yanking his wrist so hard that she sprained it. She bandaged it herself, never taking him to the doctor, but she did buy him ice cream and allowed him to keep the toy. Devin, she said a bit louder, catching his attention. Devin didn't know what to say, so he said nothing. Fine, since you don't have an answer, you don't need the toy. He started to say something, then stopped while he watched her toss the car into a bag she used for trash. He wondered if she was doing the same to him. Tina tied off the remaining bags and taped up the boxes, which weren't much, since the room was a studio apartment with no kitchen. Tina provided a hot plate to heat food that mostly came out of a can that she taught Devin to use. Down the hall was a bathroom that the tenants on their floor used. Tina was thrilled that they were the only tenants on the fourth floor. Tina turned again to Devin, who had his head down. She straightened her clothes before walking to him and stooping down. She lingered her gaze on his long, coal-black hair that constantly reminded her of someone she wished out of her life. Every time she reached to touch it, her fingers wanted to grab a fistful of it and yank it out by the roots. So when she washed and groomed his hair, she grits her teeth and held in her rage until she completed the task. Devon? She murmured, reaching under and gently raising his chin with her finger, catching his green eyes. Do you have everything you need in your bag? He nodded. Good, because we need to go. She stood and grabbed his backpack, holding the straps up for him. Devin stood and slipped his arms through, feeling the bag's weight on his back. Tina held out her hand to him, and he took it. Don't you worry, Devin. Your time will be short, and I'll visit often with treats. Promise, Mom? Devin, she snapped. What did I tell you? Devin froze with fear. You're my caseworker, Miss Murphy. 
That's right. For now we must do this to survive. Understood? Yes, Miss Murphy. Very good. I know this is difficult, but you only have Anton Potter to blame for your suffering. Anton abandoned you, and he alone. Devon only shook his head. They waited outside when a truck with four men arrived. Tina spoke to them in Dutch while Devon waited. One of the men was watching him. Devon stuck his tongue out at him, looking away, causing the man to laugh and go about his task. They took a taxi to the orphanage. While Tina signed the proper paperwork, Devon sat on a hard chair in the hallway, still wearing his backpack. Once Tina exited the room, he jumped to his feet, hoping she changed her mind. But she didn't, as she introduced him to his new caretakers. He'd hoped to speak to her, but she hurried to leave, not even saying goodbye. Devon panicked and tried to run after her, but a male staff member grabbed his arm and pulled him in the opposite direction. He wanted to call out for her, but didn't. She did promise he would only have to stay there for a short time. She broke her promise. Tina explained that it was Anton's fault for her short visits until he reached his preteens. Then her visits became shorter and unfeeling, then canceled. Her rescheduling turned into a phone call. Devin never saw his mother again and his case was handed over to a new caseworker. Devin did try to tell people Tina was his mother, but it went on deaf ears until he was even questioning his memory. He knew that Tina told him at every visit and every call that it was Anton Potter's fault. Thank you for listening. This is a short story by D.B. Watson and read by me, A.J. Carter. You can find the Thriller series at Amazon.com under D.B. Watson slash two-timer series or at her website at twotimers.squarespace.com on audio at audible.com and Kindle Villa. If you would like to hire me, A.J. Carter, to narrate your project, you can find me on aj.cartervo at gmail.com. Thank you, and see you next week.